0: Forest.com helping salon owners scale nicely in the SMB space. Currently serving over 5,000 customers, doing about 600 grand per month in revenue. That's just their SaaS piece. They're doing, call it 12-13 million bucks in annual revenue. When you add on their transactions and payments component on top of that, that 600 grand per month is up from 420 grand per month just a year ago. So about 53% year-over-year growth. They tried freemium, didn't work. Ended up doing moving to a paid model about four or five years ago. Again, now working nicely. 21 million raised to date. All the employees are actual shareholders in the company, which. I love 170 of them based all around the world, mainly though in Dublin, 6% annual logo churn healthy for a space that churns 12% per year, just naturally again, spending about 15 months of lifetime value on acquisition. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Ronan Percival. He's the co-founder of Demonware, which is a matchmaking service used in Call of Duty that was acquired in 2007. He then founded Forest on Evergreen Principles, which are building a company to last for generations. Over 70 of the 150 employees are ordinary shareholders, not options. Forrest is now serving over 5,000 salons and is the leading salon software company in Europe. Ronan, are you ready to take us to the top? Yeah. All right. Um, all right, so you go from a matchmaking service used in Call of Duty to salons. How the hell does that happen?
1: Uh, yeah, good question. Uh, we actually didn't initially plan on getting into salons, but I ended up getting a job in a salon as, a, as someone working the front desk um, just as a part-time job while I was in between gigs. And that's how I got interested in the industry. So it was, uh, it was something very unexpected.
0: That's pretty funny. Okay, so tell us what the company does for salons. So
1: we're um booking POS um SaaS platform for salons, so we do all their you know everything that they they do in the salon from booking appointments, managing their client records, managing their stock control, doing their staff reporting, payroll. Basically any admin task that the salon does, um we try to automate in some way through the system, freeing up their time and giving them more time to work with their clients.
0: You mentioned transactions and SaaS. True or false? Your main revenue stream is SaaS, and then you take some very small cut of transactions. Uh, I would say about
1: sixty-five percent is SaaS; thirty-five percent is transactional in some way.
0: Oh wow! Okay, that's actually that's actually pretty high. Um, so let me just let me just ask about the SaaS side of things for a second. So if we have salon owners listening right now, the average salon owner that's paying you, what are they going to pay you per month just on the just to use the software, not the transaction fees?
1: Um, just use the software anywhere from a hundred dollars a month to $200 a month.
0: Okay. Got annual. it. So you're very much in. oh, that's annual monthly. Oh, monthly. Okay. So, but you're still very much in the SMB space then, huh?
1: Yeah. where 95% of salons are, are independent operators, right? So they're like one location.
0: So let me ask you a question. They go out of business a lot, which means churn on your end can be frustrating at times. What's your churn rate today and how do you keep it low? So we've
1: pretty good churn rate for this industry of six percent logo churn per annum
0: per um, year. Per, per year, wow, yeah. that's extremely low for this this space. Why is it so low? What have you done? Um, well, just we provide a huge amount of value for
1: salons, and also we help them grow their business. So, so the twelve av- percent of salons go out of business every year. So that's the actual churn rate for the industry, and we're half that mainly because. If you're using our product, you're going to be doing better than the competition generally, so they're more likely to stay in business. I'd say that's probably one of the main reasons.
0: That's amazing. And uh, how, how many how many salons have you scaled to today? Five thousand. Five thousand, and those are not those are actual paid salons, not like free salons, free users. Yeah, that's five thousand paying customers. Yeah. Do you implement a, a freemium model to get these customers? How do you how do you get so many?
1: No, um, we experimented with freemium, but it didn't work. We, a lot of free users and very little number of those converting to paid. So we moved to a paid-only model for the last five years, and um, that's worked phenomenally well for us. It's better because people, sal- the salons that sign up with us uh, are serious about using the product and getting value from it. So they tend to, to be easier to onboard, if that makes sense, easier to get them using every, all the value in the yeah, product. because
0: people pay attention to stuff they pay for.
1: Yeah, like we're not the cheapest provider in the market. We're probably one of the more expensive um, for what we're doing. Um, but that works well for us. So we tend to attract the sort of mid to high end independent salons. So a salon that would have like more than five people working there. Yep. Is the minimum. Yeah. It's minimum.
0: And what's your kind of top growth channel that's not a really obvious one? Like not Google ads or Facebook ads, but is there something you're doing kind of in the trenches that's really working nicely to find these kinds of salons?
1: Yeah well like just give you an example like in the last 12 months um we've probably onboarded uh, 1600 salons something like that and half of those come from content so I've come from our own content channel so we'd have a quite a big podcast for salon owners a blog events things like that
0: interesting so that's
1: something that might be not expected yeah.
0: which will well, a, a lot of people say content marketing which isn't valuable and actionable because that can mean so many things can you name a specific piece of content on your blog that has performed the best in terms of helping you onboard 1600 new new salons um yeah there's a
1: couple of articles that are like evergreen that are always in the top two or three red articles and they've been
0: around for a couple of years uh-huh. uh, um, i
1: don't have it to hand but i'll yeah i
0: can Do you know the search term off the top of your hand that you rank really high for? Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: Yes, we rank number one for 700 different items around salons. So things like, um, uh, yeah, really quickly, uh, top salon signs, I think is an example of
0: one. Interesting and how did there you, you did you create all this with humans or did you do something kind of automated where you you knew what the top search terms were for salons you then pumped out a bunch of these articles like created from from like a piece of code or is it all humans
1: it's uh it's all it's all humans but it's it's using data i mean like things like um we're testing a lot of different content so we probably put out you know a different piece of content every day and so people were tracking, you know, how those picked up and, and things get a lot of traction that might develop into a much larger piece of content. I see. Uh, we have an SEO team then uh, with particular bits of content to make sure, or come back with feedback on search keywords that we might, might lead to a bit of content around that. if that makes sense? So you put so this, out,
0: you put out kind of little uh, acorns and then if they show any sign of life, your SEO team will go in and then optimize 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 and you'll make it maybe longer more keywords more value
1: or even develop it into an ebook you know oh, then maybe you know etc etc so um, and then that ebook might get to number one for something that is gets a decent amount of search volume i mean some of these terms when we're saying 700 terms some of those are bear you know they might only have five people a, a week month. looking at yeah yeah, yeah. Search, or a month even yeah exactly yeah
0: that's great, um, and the, so so let me understand your team breakdown. How many people are on the team today, and how many focused on content or events or things like that?
1: So we've 170 in the team. I would say uh, we've got. I think we've got about six full time on content. Wow, and then another another four, you know, around that between SEO and data and and uh, events and things like that that are kind of backed off some of that content
0: in terms so of. In terms of the blog, is that on top of WordPress?
1: Yes. uh, The blogs on WordPress. Yeah,
0: I see. And then 170, is everyone based in Dublin? No,
1: we've about 110 in Dublin and the rest around the world. So we'd have 25 in the UK, about 12 in the U S and then the rest are just three or four in Germany and Australia, you know, and then sporadically remote workers from wherever
0: they want to be. Dublin and remote and run and put this on a timeline for me. When did you launch the company? What year? So, uh, so we've had a, like kind of a, a longest journey
1: the, we started in 2005 when I left Demonware and
0: that was the salon you worked at.
1: Yeah. So I was working in the salon between 2004 and 2005 and, uh, we've, we were bootstrapped pretty much all the way until, um, until 2011 when we did a seed round. So the company had about 15 people in 2011. Um, and, and then, you know, it started to grow properly from around then, I would say, you know, if that makes sense. Um, and uh, how much so, raised to date? So we, we raised a million in 2011 and then we didn't raise again until
0: this year when we did 20 million. Oh, got it. That's so very patient and effective with capital. I like that. Why, why not? So there's a couple of firms right now, like Wistia and things that have raised like a million. They've gotten kind of good scale. And instead of going out and raising the 20 million like you just did, they said, you know what? It's really nice to be in full control. And they go buy out the early investors. Did, you, did that ever cross your mind or no?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things, what we've done is we've, the majority of the company is still owned by myself and the employees. So we've kind of made a pledge to each other that we will we'll always maintain full ownership. And full control because sometimes you can own the majority of the shares, but an investor will have rights in their voting rights. Yep. The ability to to force a sale or something like that. You know, they're not used that often, but they have that. So we don't have that in our agreement. So the, the firm that we took in this year, they're not actually a fund, it's it's Evergreen Capital as well. So there's no timeline on when they need a return. Who, who, who was the investor? A company called Susquehanna Growth Equity. They're basically. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, I mean, look, growth equity does have a timeline, but I would say they're so big, you're safe. It's not a fund, so the
1: you're. It's just a. It's they're not set up as a fund, even though they're called Susquehanna Growth Equity. Um, so the cast, so they don't have any requirements on when they need a return. How do they? How? Who are their LPs? It's their own money. So there's a company called Susquehanna. It's a software company, bootstrap software company. Does oh, a I see And they basically put half their profits into this. It's basically like a bank. I know, look, it's more complex than this. It's a bank account. Yeah. um, And then whenever an exit does come, it goes back into that bank
0: account. That's great. Well, they they share your DNA then, right? Bootstrapped, like you guys are probably very similar.
1: Yeah, they've like, they've about 18 companies in their portfolio. They've invested in the last 20 years and they're all would have started Bootstrapped. That's or, all that's great. right that's what in, yeah, so.
0: That's great. And then in terms of I want to talk more by the way about how you've managed to structurally set up everyone kind of owning a piece of the company, but I want to get back to that in a second. In terms of scale today, you know, 5000 customers paying on average 100 bucks a month that puts it at about 500 grand a month. Is that accurate? Uh
1: no. So, um you asked
0: me for the SaaS piece. Yeah. So, sorry, sorry, the, yeah, sorry. Just SaaS 500 grand a month. Uh yeah, a bit more, about 600. Okay. Either. And then I can, I can multiply that by basically 1.3 to get up to, you know, add the 35% transaction.
1: Yeah. Like we we've just closed, like we're coming to the end of this year and we'll do about 13 million Euro this year. So that's, that's
0: great. Yeah, that's great. $1 like million, $60 million, something like that. Yeah. Congrats. And you've got a, a nice foundational base under that, which is that pure kind of SaaS revenue. What, what did growth rate? So if you're doing 600 grand, just,
1: I don't know how much, you know, about SMB SaaS, but it, most of the SMB SaaS companies. Um, they're 40 or 50% transactional. Like, so if you look at like... Um, well, Ronan, form- but
0: just to be clear, like, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I mean, we, so we've interviewed about 3,000 B2B SaaS CEOs, so I see this pattern all the time. Very rarely, I mean, you're you're in 10, 15 years now, so you have a transactional model. Very rarely do I see someone in the SMB space, less than five or six years old, have a transactional component.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the, I'm talking about companies that are 10 years plus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like
0: the, the comp- public in, essence. Infusionsoft. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, and like you Shopify, Mindbody, all these guys—they're all forty percent to fifty percent transactional at this stage. Yep. Totally. Now, yeah, I think the is where transaction is so important to the real value is that like small businesses don't want to sign up to big contracts, right? So you you need to generate revenue through value, and that's usually easier to do through transactional basis because they'll keep using it but they know they can stop it at any time but they won't as long as the value is still there it's directly attributable yeah, yeah. so whereas like uh, signing up to a three-year you know contract or whatever it m- appeals to a large enterprise but doesn't appeal to, to an smb so you if you really want to like the companies that have really nailed it in smb like even into it or whoever like there's you there's always a, some sort of transactional revenue stream over 30 40 percent i in my from what I know, but I, I agree with you when you're smaller and we would have been the same when we were smaller. Yeah. What a, year did you what year
0: did you did you launch the transactional model?
1: Well, we actually have two. So. Payments, which is a the, very the, common transactional model, right? So we've only been doing payments for the last three years. But we actually have another transactional model. So we, we do quite a lot of revenue through SMS notifications Yep, and we charge those transactionally. So that's we've been doing that for 10 years.
0: That's like a margin between what you have to pay the actual the, 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 the cell tower versus what you bill through per text to the yeah, salon exactly. owner. 40,
1: 50 percent margin. Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: good. Yeah. And real quick here, because we're out of time growth rate. So if you're doing 600 or 650 right now, just pure play SAS today, what were you doing on that just SAS about a year ago? Uh
1: that's up fifty three percent I think year in year.
0: Oh that's great. So so call that that would have been what four hundred and twenty grand last year, about a year ago. That's healthy growth.
1: Yeah, four hundred. we were yeah, I think we were doing monthly four hundred, yeah.
0: That's wonderful. And then are you guys obviously you just raised a ton of capital. I s maybe it I maybe its sitting in the bank, maybe it's not. Are you guys cash flow positive today? Uh yeah, we've been
1: cash flow positive for
0: So no plans today, to use the capital, yeah. just gonna sit in the bank and it's gonna look pretty.
1: No, I think we're gonna well a couple of things. We're um yeah, there's a few things that we're going to do with it, but it's going to allow us to expand a bit more in the U S take more risks, but we'll still try and do it cash neutral. If, if that makes sense, but we have buffer there in case it doesn't go right. And, but, and yeah. right.
0: It sounds like you're about to get more aggressive, but right now, how much are you going to pay to acquire a new $120 a month customer? <laughs> um, on sales and marketing fully uh, weighted, fully weighted,
1: fully weighted, including onboarding costs yep. and everything like that. we uh, Okay.
0: Okay. So you knew that. I mean, you knew that pretty quickly. You're making basically lifetime value calculation. And what is that payback? Is that?
1: transactional in terms of the lifetime value, because for us, like we've got a lot, a long time of lifetime value, you know, our transactional history that we were able to use and see with client customers and things like that. So, um, yeah, we're 15 months.
0: 15 months. Okay. Look, that's healthy. That's, that's pretty darn healthy. So very good. All right. Let's, uh, let's wrap up Ronan here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book?
1: Um, well, the old school one was good to great, um, which I'm sure everyone mentions, but the, my favorite for the last year or two has been, um,
0: good strategy, bad strategy. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, I love, uh, Shopify. So, and from their
1: CEO down, just like those guys are amazing.
0: Yeah. Number, uh, number three, wh- what billing tool do you guys use? Um, our own, but we're about to move to Zora. Interesting. Okay. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night?
1: Um, well, I have three young kids, so unfortunately only about six hours. Holy mackerel. Eight.
0: Okay, so three kids. Married, I assume? Yeah. And how old are you? Uh, 39. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew?
1: Um, To, uh, yeah, get started earlier, I think, you know? Yeah. Like, we started. I started this when I about 26, and I probably should have started three years earlier.
0: Guys, get started earlier. Forest.com, helping salon owners scale nicely in the SMB space, currently serving over 5,000 customers, doing about 600 grand per month in revenue. That's just their SaaS piece. They're doing, call it, 12, 13 million bucks in annual revenue. When you add on their transactions and payments component on top of that, that 600 grand per month is up from 420 grand per month just a year ago. So about 53% year-over-year growth. They tried freemium, didn't work, ended up doing moving to a paid model about four or five years ago. Again, now working nicely. 21 million raised to date. All the employees are actual shareholders in the company, which I love. 170 of them based all around the world, mainly though in Dublin. 6% annual logo churn, healthy for a space that churns 12% per year, just naturally. Again, spending about 15 months of lifetime value on acquisition. Ronan, thanks for taking us to the top. Yeah,
1: thank you, Nathan. All right, take care.